Hi everyone, thanks so much for joining us today. Today's message is The Race, and it was given by Pastor Nicholas Davies on November 4th, 2020. This message was given during our Wednesday evening prayer service, and these services are a great way to spend time in God's Word and in prayer for one another. If you have any requests you would like us to pray for, we would encourage you to come out at 645 each Wednesday. Our other services are Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and Sunday at 7 p.m. If you have not yet subscribed, please do. And when you do, you will receive a notification each time we post a new message and will always be up to date. We hope this encourages you in your relationship with Christ. And if it does, we would love to connect with you in person sometime. But for now, grab your Bible, open your ears, and let's get into it. I don't know if you guys know this or not, um, but there was an election this week. Yes. Surprise. Probably didn't see that one on the news. Um, really, we're, we're, we're still in the midst of it right now, awaiting results. I'm sure many of you are nervous um, or are anxiously awaiting the final tally of votes to come in so a winner can be declared. I know I'm anxiously awaiting it. I know that's probably what's going on in everyone's minds right now. Um, I'm not sure about you guys. I spent a little bit of time last night watching the first results come out. I said I wasn't going to do it, and then I did it anyway. I stayed up a little bit too late, but late for me is like 11, 11.15. So that was, got a little bit less sleep than I typically would. Spent a lot of time today refreshing to see, is there anything new going on? Uh, Certainly, there is an air of wonder at what's going to happen while we are still here on this earth. What is going to happen in this election? Who's going to win? What are the next four years going to look like? What about the next ten? What new policies will we see? There's a lot to wonder about. There's a lot to wonder about. I've been comforted the past couple days leading up to this point knowing that despite the results, despite the future of four or ten years from now, our God is still king over all. There is no doubt about that. And as of late, I've had the Greek word Maranatha uh, in my mind quite a bit, which is translated, O Lord, come, from 1 Corinthians 16, 22. Our Lord, come. And I am ready for that day. I'm reminded of truths of Jesus coming, and I think that I speak for everyone here who knows Jesus as their Savior tonight that we're ready for that day to come. However true, I am also reminded that we are still here. We have not yet been taken up. We know that it's coming, but we're still here. In that same time that we are still here, we have a mission before us that Jesus has given to us, to share his name, to follow his example, to make disciples. As I talked about last week, Peter declared that while he was still alive, and even thereafter into his death, he would remind followers of Jesus that he had the influence to do so with, to grow in their faith with Jesus. Today I want to talk to you a little bit about our witness during the times that we are in in this very moment. Uh, Like I said last night, I stayed up a little bit watching the early election results come in, and as I watched, I heard over and over 
one big word, race, the presidential race, the race to 270, the race for the White House, the race for this Senate seat or this House seat. As I sat and I listened to this, I couldn't help but be reminded that we too are running a race in this life. I was reminded of a passage in Hebrews 12. If you want to turn there, we're going to be in this one for just a moment, and then we're going to be flipping over to um, a large portion of the book of Philippians. In Hebrews 12, 1 through 2, it says this, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, and the sin which doth so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. I think patience is a key word there for us this evening. Looking into Jesus, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. I don't know about you, but running is probably my least favorite thing to do. I hate running. I hate it. I, I'm so impressed with uh, two of our students, Anthony and Christian, that just won states for running in West Virginia. Um, I went out and, and had a run with them one time, uh, and that was when I was in much better shape. I went five miles. I don't look like I could walk five miles right now. Um, However, uh, at that point, I was doing pretty good, uh, and that was Anthony's, like, 15th mile for the day, and he was like, I could just keep going, and I was like, I just want to go to McDonald's right now, um, and I probably did, but I do know a little bit about running. I know you have to go forward, not backwards, but I do know you will not get to where you're going if you don't look ahead of you. You will get to where you're looking. You're going to get to where your eyes are fixed on. When I think about that, I'm reminded of Matthew 7, 14. It says, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. So if we walk through life, or we run this race of life with our eyes closed, we're not getting anywhere. Scripture demands of us to walk this life with eyes fixed upon Jesus, setting aside every distraction that might divert our gaze from the glory and the salvation that Jesus offers to us and our neighbor and our enemy. This morning when I came to church, I began reading this passage as a reminder of uh, what was brought to my mind last night uh, and was then thereafter directed to Philippians where a similar passage is found to this one in Hebrews. So if you turn with me to Philippians, we're going to start off in chapter 2, and we're going to look at a selection of passages throughout the book. We're going to look at that particular one uh, that is, is kind of similar to this one from Hebrews here in a, in a short bit, but I couldn't help as I read through the corresponding passage but to read on through the entire book of Philippians. And as a result, there was a few things that I was convicted about to remind us of tonight. Something that I certainly know that I need to hear. Something that was in some ways comforting, in other ways challenging. 
um, but certainly convicting. So let's go ahead and get into it. We're going to start off in chapter 2, and we're going to look at verse 14 and 15. I have about five points uh, that I want to share with you. I promise to keep this under an hour. Um, Look at verse 14 and 15 of chapter 2 of Philippians. It says, Do all things without murmurings and disputings, that ye may be blameless and harmless. The sons of God, without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world. Continue on in verse 16. Holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Paul reminds us in this passage to do all things without murmuring or disputing. Now, this is not a call to not say or do anything that might hurt someone's feelings. Or even to say that you shouldn't ever disagree with somebody. That's not what this is saying. If you look at the appropriate context that Paul is speaking in, Paul is talking about being obedient to God and living humbly as Christ lived. So Paul's admonition here is not to sheepishly sit by and just be mowed over. It is, however, rather a call to be obedient without rebellion to God. Our call is to be really joyfully obedient to Him. Imagine for a moment you go pick up food somewhere and the worker just starts unloading on you about how they hate their job. I worked at McDonald's for a little while. I may have been one of those people that unloaded on my customers. I worked there for a month. That might clue you in on how, how rough it was. I was also 17, and I didn't really have good perspective at that point. Um, but would you want to get a job there? Would you want to be like, man, you know what? They sound like they hate their job. I might apply. That sounds pretty good. No, you're not going to. You're, you're going to be repelled. No, why would I want to be a part of something like that? But if you go to, and I'll go ahead and name it, Chick-fil-A, the employees are gracious, they're happy. If there's 40 cars in line, you're out in still five minutes somehow, it's like miracle. But they're happy at their jobs. Maybe not everybody, but typically people seem to be pretty happy. And so I would be more inclined to get a job at a place like that where people are lovingly doing exactly what they have been called to do. Here's the thing. Our attitude and obedience to Jesus makes a difference in our witness. Our attitude and obedience to Jesus makes a difference in our witness. Look back at verse verse 15. It says, That ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world. I think this verse is fairly self-explanatory. Serve Jesus joyfully, obediently in the midst of all that's going on. We're facing a lot of odd stuff. I don't think that's a strong enough word. But we're facing a lot of weird stuff in our time frame right now. And so it's... It's crucial for you and I to joyfully be obedient to Jesus. It's very easy when things are against us to walk away or serve begrudgingly. Like, I gotta go to church tonight. 
I want to go. I just want to sit and I want to watch what's going on. But Christ says that while the generation around you is wicked, you are still a light. Paul says, yes, the world around you is wicked, but you are the light to them. You are their source of hope. So being joyfully obedient matters a lot, despite what is going on around us. Again, the first point for tonight is our attitude matters to the effectiveness of our witness. What do people see when they look at you? Do they see a joyful servant of Jesus, or do they see someone begrudgingly walking around despondent? Do they see Jesus in you? The second thing is we have a walk to walk. We have a walk to walk. Look at chapter 3. I'm going to read a, a, a section of this, starting in verse 7. It says, But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but for loss of the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ, and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection, in the fellowship of his sufferings, being made comfortable, conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after that I may apprehend that for which I am apprehended of Christ Jesus." Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. And if anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall, never, God shall reveal even this unto you. Nevertheless, whereto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule, let us mind the same thing. In the moment of time that we are standing in, God, God's calling on our lives to walk the walk of faith does not get put on hold. I was listening to a Christian conference a couple weeks ago, and a guy named Ed Stetzer was speaking, uh, who I believe is a professor at Liberty University. This conference had a goal of encouraging pastors to keep strong in the faith and strong in walking according to their calling during this odd time of COVID. He had a quote that I'm probably not going to easily forget. It's come back up many, many times over the past couple weeks since I've heard it, and it's been very encouraging to me. He said, the moment we are in does not pause the mission that we are on. The moment we are in does not pause the mission that we are on. When Paul wrote the letter of Philippians, he was in a prison. And in writing the verses we just read in chapter 3, it seems appropriate to say that despite our circumstances, as Paul was giving us an example to follow, we see that in verse 17, we are to keep walking the walk despite the situation that we find ourselves in. Whether this election goes the way you hope it does, or it goes against the way you hope it does, you and I, we have a walk to keep walking. Today, you have a choice to make for tomorrow. Will you keep walking the walk of faith? Will you keep in step with the Spirit and letting Him 
lead you. The third thing is our citizenship is in heaven. Look down at verse 20 of chapter 3. This is one that I've seen quoted on Facebook a lot recently, and it certainly is a good reminder. It says, For our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. This one kind of smacks you between the eyes when we're talking about what's going on right now. I certainly love our country. I do. I'm thankful for the men and women that have served our country and the people that are here in, in the states and abroad that defend the freedoms that we have. I love this country. But no matter who our president is, our king is Jesus. My God is the God of this world. Of this word, not of this world. <laughs> Let's scratch that out of the podcast. My God is the God of this word. No president, no ruler, no man, no woman will ever replace King Jesus. For you and myself as a Christian, despite the coordinates that we have as our address here on a map, we are part of the kingdom of heaven. We are of royal blood. We have no room for dual citizenship. Is your loyalty to the throne of God? Do you remember that in this moment that life is just simply temporary? It's a vapor. Do you remember that Jesus' kingdom will have no end? This world is coming to an end. Before we know it, we're going to be before him. We must take every opportunity, certainly, to bring about uh, obedience to God and be proponents in the polls of God's truth. I'm certainly not calling you to forsake your civic duty and be involved. It's certainly extremely important for us, and it, it's a privilege that we have. I hope that you got out yesterday or sometime in the past week to cast your ballot for president or senate or house. I am wanting to remind you, however, that this country is not the end goal. Our end goal is being before Jesus it's bringing more people to be standing before Jesus saying, I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. And remember, Jesus is coming to take us back to himself. So we are to look heavenward for our motivation to keep walking the walk. The fourth, the, the fourth thing we see in chapter 4, verse 4 through 9. Look at what it says there. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, Rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which patheth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the Lord of peace shall be with you. The fourth thing, our attentiveness to godliness is our source of peace through Christ. We are reminded of what to set our minds upon. There's a lot of things going on right now that are evil. 
There's no doubt about that. You know it, I know it, I don't have to get into it. You watch the news, you see it. You get on the computer, you see it. You get on Facebook, you see it. A lot of evil that needs to be called out. A lot of sad stuff happening. A lot of ungodliness in our nation. But God calls us, even in the midst of that, to not stop rejoicing in Him. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, rejoice. This does not get put on hold even now. God calls us to be kind to everyone, to be gentle. Kindness is not neglecting to tell the truth, because sometimes the truth hurts. It's actually kind to be honest with people. But how it's said certainly can go a long way. Maybe it's not the best to share scathing comments on Facebook, but maybe to have a gentle, kind, but serious, stern conversation. We are called to continue in prayer. And we are called to set our mind on godly things in this passage. Why? Why? Because the God of peace will be with you, as it says in verse 9. And the God of peace shall be with you. Matthew 12.34 says, For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. So what lives on the inside? Is it the noble things that Christ has told us to set our mind upon? Or is it the evil? Because what lives on the inside eventually is going to come out. Out of the abundance of the heart, heart the mouth speaketh. If you say your heart has changed by the gospel of Jesus and you are still harboring ungodly things, it's certainly time to check yourself. Sometimes we see this, certainly, the uh, abundance of the heart and what is truly in people's hearts on social media. I know I give social media a hard time. There are some benefits to it, but you see a lot of evil sides of people on there. I try to stay away from it as much as I can. So here's where I landed after reading all of this today. After last night watching the news after today, spending time refreshing Google over and over again. And after reading this, this is, this is what I, I, I came to be convicted of. While we wait for Jesus' return and our rapture, our departure from this place, our job of being joyfully obedient ambassadors of Jesus remains constant. While we wait for Jesus' return and our rapture our job of being joyfully obedient ambassadors of Jesus remains constant. It doesn't get put on hold just because of what's going on around us. Yes, the world around us is quite tumultuous. Yes, there is evil. Yes, there is persecution. Yes, there is unknown. And we know that there is deception. But Scripture isn't silent on any of that. In fact, it warns us that those things are coming. It's almost to be expected. And despite the warnings of these things, we are commanded to press on. Keep running the race. Don't wreck your testimony. Thankfully, God's grace covers us when we do, but there is certainly still an effect on our witness. One of our main jobs as believers. We are called to keep being joyful in obedience. I want to leave you with two verses of application. Luke 6, 27 and 28. It says, but I say unto you which hear, love your enemies, do good to them which hate you, 
Bless them that curse you and pray for them which despitefully use you. In Galatians 6, 9, it says, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Remember, while we wait for Jesus' return and our rapture away from this world, our job of being joyfully obedient ambassadors of Jesus remains constant. It doesn't stop. So as you go out from here today, you're still an ambassador of Jesus. You still bear the name of Christ. People are still looking to you as an example of Jesus. How are you going to act? How are you going to live up to that? What example are you going to set? Are you going to walk away? Or are you going to keep faithful? Are you going to keep walking the walk? Our call is to press on. Our call is to remain faithful no matter what's going on. Uh, let's close in a word of prayer, and then we will get into our prayer time. Lord God, I think many of us in here have a little bit of a heavy heart. Lord, there is certainly some maybe confusion or frustration, anger, unrest. Lord God, we just humbly come before you right now and just submit to you. We trust you, where we know that you are in control, you are sovereign, you're above and beyond us, you know more, you know the depths of the situation of our country, and Lord God, we just pray that your will would be done. We just ask that you would comfort our hearts, give us direction, renew our spirits so that we might not faint or grow weary. Let us rely and lean on you to be our source of, of, of energy to get through the day. And Lord, as we, as we go out from here, may our witness still point to Jesus. May what we say and what we do point entirely to you, to your truth, to your word. May we be faithful in that and not falter in sharing what your word has declared to be true. Lord, just guide us each and every day. Lord, we need you to strengthen our faith, strengthen our testimony so that we might win people to you, so that people might know and hear the gospel and see the gospel lived out in our lives. Lord, just continue to guide this process that our country is going through, and we're just going to trust you with it. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that's all for today. Thank you so much for joining us, and I hope this has made a positive impact in your relationship with Jesus. If it has, please give us a five-star rating on whatever platform you listen on, and share with a friend so others might be encouraged as well. If you have never accepted Christ as your Savior and would like to know how, give one of our pastors a call at 301-724-5876. We would love nothing more than to hear from you. We hope to see you soon, and until next time, stay faithful. Stay faithful.